0: Brands
1: on Brands. Hey, this is Lindsay Dotslaw from the Mastering Coaching Skills Podcast. And if you want to build a brand that matters, like I did in my coaching business, you should be listening to Brands on Brands with my new good friend, Brandon Burkmeyer.
0: In a world where content is king and your reputation is your brand, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands, a home for those that think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here is your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, 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 what's up? Welcome to Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal branding coach, and I believe that building a brand that matters is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Appreciate you guys tuning in each week. We are jumping into interviews, and I've got a bunch planned for you guys. Uh, today, I'm excited because we get to talk to Lindsay Dotsloff, who is the owner and founder of the Coaching Masters Mastermind, the host of the podcast, Mastering Coaching Skills, which is how I found her. And also, you know, she's a coach of coaches. She helps life coaches and other coaches, business coaches, health coaches, become amazing coaches with those extra little skills that you need to learn along the way. And here She's here to discuss everything from how she built her personal brand to how she thinks about getting out there, finding your first few clients, and building your identity, your message, and shares that with us here today. And guess what? She was able to, to grow a massive coaching company without those things that a lot of people think matter, without the logos, without the, the fancy websites and the Facebook ads and the click funnels, all those things. We talk about that how you can do it just on the power of wanting to serve, understanding who you are, and taking those steps to get out there and promote yourself. Talking about all that today with Lindsay Dotsloff today on the show. Uh, Before we get into that, if you guys haven't been to this show yet or to the website, make sure to go to brandsonbrands.com forward slash resources. That's where we keep all of our freebies, all of our checklists, and things that might help you move along the way towards building your personal brand. I appreciate you guys and check out the show. Brands on brands. All right, let's get going. I'm so excited to welcome our guest today, Lindsay Dotsloff to the show. Lindsay, thank you for being here first and foremost.
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I am as well, and the reason I'm excited is that we get to talk about personal branding, of course, but from the perspective of someone who built a successful coaching business from the ground up. But first, before we dive into like the branding stuff, I'd love to dive into your zone of genius, the, you know, the things that you're doing every day that you're helping people with. And I know you have this program, and you have a show, and you have a brand around this concept of mastering coaching skills. I'd like to understand what mastering coaching skills means to you. And why does that matter?
1: Yeah, I love that question. I could talk, but how long do we have? Hours? We got. We had days. (laughs) Okay, perfect. So to me, I learned to coach from hiring a coach. I love everything about coaching because it changed my life. Changed so many things for me. And I worked with a coach for a couple of years before I decided I wanted to be a coach. And I think coming in it from that perspective, I just, you know, the power in coaching is so huge for me, right? Like just the actual craft of coaching. And then I went and got certified eventually and I just started meeting all these coaches that just had a kind of a different entry into coaching than I did, right? Maybe they found out about coaching, life coaching, business coaching, whatever it was, and thought like, "Oh, I could do that." And maybe never worked with a coach on their own until they kind of learned to coach somewhere and then maybe hired a business coach or, you know, something like that to to help them in their business, help them make money. But what I noticed is that there was just really this gap between them and not just them, all, a lot of coaches, right? Like learning how to coach and then making lots of money in their business. And a gap that was kind of like, but I don't know how to do the day-to-day things, right? The Like I know the method. Maybe I went and learned a very specific thing wherever they got certified or whoever they learned from. But then... You know, I mean, I remember even for me, when you start taking clients and you're working with clients one-on-one, clients don't all fit perfectly into this box and just show up exactly like you think they're going to and just get results every time, right? A lot of things happen that is a little bit like, oh my gosh, nobody told me about this. What am I supposed to do? And so that's kind of the gap I fill
0: yeah I mean it sounds like like a lot of things you might be good at your skill like you're a technician at the thing like I'm a good baker I'm a good accountant, but then you start this business and you're you then now you're up against that wall where you're like I now have to be a good business owner and marketer and all these other things that's a new skill set how did you like come to this idea that you're like, okay, this is something I want to teach people
1: yeah i think for for me you know when I think about that I think that it's really from my love of coaching. So I really started as a general life coach. I was coaching just women on their lives and women who were, you know, similar to me at the time and that was great. I loved coaching on all the things, their relationships, their kids, their, you know, whatever it was I was coaching on it. But really all I ever wanted to think about was why coaching actually works. Right? Like what is it about You know, even thinking about my past, like have gone going through therapy, going through all these different modalities of of things, trying to figure out, well, you know, why I always felt so anxious and why I was having all of these emotions that I didn't understand how to process. Coaching changed that so much for me, and so that's really all I wanted to think about was like, why does this work, right? Like, why is it so powerful, and how can we really learn to be very effective at the craft of coaching?
0: Yeah. And did you, so this is funny, right? Cause obviously usually our passion and the things that we've kind of experienced just lead us down the road of, I guess this is what I'm doing now. This is the thing that that I'm going to do. And the actual wording though, you're like, okay, I'll call it mastering coaching skills. Like, was there a list of 20 things or did you just say, you know, I'm just going to call it what it is. It's very obvious. This is what it is. How'd you get to that?
1: I'm really big on naming things. Just what they are, right? So that's one. I'm a pretty analytical thinker. So for me, right, if I see a program that's called, you know, create your intuition, you know, something very like I have no idea what that means. I'm not going to buy it. And but that's just me, right? Like that's no not, offense to
0: the create your intuition people. That course that right? is killing that, right now. I,
1: surely that's not even a thing, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is, but that's just not my language, right? I want to know what is this thing that I'm buying. I want it to just be called that. And I tend to attract a lot of clients who are very similar to that. And I, a lot of my clients have have advanced degrees, are very educated, and they have this concept of themselves that's like, I'm, I like to be very good at things. And that's kind of where I think this was born from, of like, uh, you're good at all of these other things. Now I'm going to help you be really good at coaching.
0: Yeah, and I, I hope more people discover the value of investing in themselves and finding mentors and finding coaches to take them to the next level in any in any skill, whether it's exactly yeah. what they're doing or something that's just you know on the side. I'm curious because each coaching space uh, is different. When people are like they they encounter you, I'm curious how you explain what you do to people.
1: So well, it's interesting now because. Because of what I do, I only work with coaches, right? So a lot of coaches already know what coaching is, hopefully. So I don't have to explain it as much as I used to. But, you know, when I just, I'm really, I describe it like I just said it a second ago, right? Where it's like, this is what I do. I'm going to help you really, like you already know how to coach. I'm going to help you take the skills you already have, deepen them, make them your own and like really understand and know how you are helping your clients create the results that they want. Is probably the most simple way to say it.
0: Right. And if they're like, well, what does that mean?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I, I imagine there's, there's some, like, I like that you actually started broader. Cause I, I usually tell people like, if you're branding, you've got to start with the most obvious entry point, which is like, mm-hmm. I help with branding. Yeah. Not, I, you know, I help people discover their inner voice and, you know, it's like, no, I help with branding. Well, how do you do that? So how do you do that?
1: Yeah. I love this question because I actually asked this in my, you may have heard me talk about on my podcast. I also ask it in my mastermind because coaches sometimes have such a hard time explaining what it is that they do, especially mindset coaches. But, you know, if I get down to like the details of it, what does that look like? I help coaches feel confident and calm and certain in their coaching, right? I help them like show up knowing that they know exactly what they're doing and like stop questioning whether they're good at it, stop questioning their skills. I really help them know that they don't need to go buy 14 other methods, right? It's not like a competition of like who can just buy the most met- different methods of coaching. I think, you know, it really is. I like to keep things as simple as possible because it that for me at least tends to be the most powerful way to teach someone something.
0: Now, this is probably a little introspective, but you know a lot of people have trouble picking their niche and figuring out, yeah, it's this thing that I want to help people with, and you, you you came to it and you told us how you got there. But for the people that are struggling, I wonder how you would advise other people to figure out how to just find that thing that's for them. You know, is it try a lot of things? Is it chase their passion? Like what would you say if you were giving advice to another coach, which you do all the time of like them figuring out like the thing they want to help with and maybe even their message? what would you take? What journey would you take them on to get there?
1: So I might teach this differently than some other people do.
0: This is why you're on the show, by the way. I love it. I'm looking for the different.
1: (laughs) I'm like, whoo, makes me me squirm a little bit. Like, oh, someone's (laughs) not going to like this. Uh, But really, this is how I did it, right? I think that, I think some coaches come into coaching knowing exactly what they want to do because they got here a certain way, right? They had some event maybe in their life that really impacted them and they hired a coach because of it right and they know that once they've worked through that they have to coach on that thing right so for some people that's business even but for some people that might be like grief or you know something that just is a very a very strong emotion that they had to work through that they kind of overcame this thing in their life and that's amazing do it like for sure if you know that's what it is do it i'm not a fan of picking a niche just to pick one, right. Just for like marketing purposes or for branding purposes or for, you know, being able to explain what you do, because I think that you can, I think your, your niche and in like air quotes can be the kind of technique or method that you use. It doesn't have to be the, you know, I, I always joke the example of like the soccer mom with, with two and a half kids and like the the white picket fence or what, like something so specific that it's like, I only coach, you know, a hundred people in the world identify with this thing. I think it can be just, what do you help people with, right? Like, how do you help them? What is the technique you use?
0: All right. And I love that because I am also team, no niche. I, you know, I started actually, you know, I'll admit this. I stumbled my way along in figuring that out myself. You know, I left a marketing career to say, you know, I'll be a marketing coach, like a consultant, whatever that is that broadly uh, help people with email Facebook, but it helped me allow myself to try different things and change and pivot along the way. Cause I didn't want to be right off the bat. Like, Oh, I guess the last company I helped was a restaurant. So I can be the restaurant marketing guy niche. But that would have really limited me. And it wasn't a, a you know a jacket that I wanted to wear for the next 10 years. So I had to try a bunch of things. So I think starting broad and figuring out, eventually you might get there. And it might be because of the people you like to, to help or just because of something you found. Like through content, I found my voice and figuring out what I wanted to do. So I'm a big fan of that too, of like starting a little more broadly and not necessarily being in a rush to, to niche down. But once you find that thing that you re- resonates with people, I think it's great to focus and, and narrow in. If you'd agree with that, I don't know, but yeah.
1: Of course, I'm a big fan of just figuring out just what works for you, right? Because the other thing, another way I didn't mention that sometimes people get into coaching is they're really good at something in their life. For example, I have a client who's a bookkeeper, right? She's a bookkeeper, she's CFOs for online businesses. And she came to me, to my mastermind to learn the coaching piece, like how to add the coaching into what she was already doing. Right. So I think that's also genius. But I also, you know, one thing that I teach a lot is just learning how your brain works. And if you are a person who needs a lot of certainty, right, or needs direction, find that right, like figure it out. But I don't think that means picking a very specific niche just because you've heard from maybe someone that you're supposed to have one.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. What's funny is I I hope people can see the nuance to this conversation a little bit, because this is all brand identity, which it's like, if you can't figure out who you are and what you want to tell people you do, you're going to be lost with all the marketing stuff because it all comes down to your messaging and what you stand for and who you attract. So, but there's a lot in this conversation of what you do and what you're helping people with that I think a lot of coaches can learn from. But I do want to flip it a little bit and ask you before we get into the actual, like, you know, like how you grew your brand stuff. I am curious, you work with a lot of coaches. Mm -hmm. What do you see them struggling with the most uh, that is something that you help with? It doesn't have to be in the branding space, just in general, like problems you run across all the time.
1: Yeah. I think, so one big thing, and I mean, this is what I coach on, right? So of course, this is what I see because this is what people come to me for. But one thing that just kind of stands out to me is I think in coaching, there can be a lot of ambiguity, right? Because we're talking about people's thoughts and like, how do do they feel? And how does that influence every action that they're taking? When you think specifically about like mindset coaching, right? And within that ambiguity, it can be hard as the coach to know, kind of, am I doing it right? Right? Like, is it working? I don't know. And so that's kind of what I do is help put more, a little more of a structure to that and really help coaches help their clients figure out what their goals are, figure out how to measure them and how to like move in the right direction. But that's the, probably the number one thing I, I see coaches struggle with is just the uncertainty of, of, is it working? Do I know what I'm doing? Okay. I've worked with, you know, 50 clients and I still am a little unclear of, of if it's working. Like I know my strategies are solid, right? Like the coaches that also have lots of strategies in their coaching. They're like, I know that part, but I just get so confused sometimes when it comes to the thoughts and the emotions. Like, what do we do about that?
0: Yeah. All right. And, and, mean especially in the life coaching space, there's, I mean, there's a, you're all like, there's a lot of topics you can help people with all over the board. Yep. Uh, I could see why that's a frustration, but also when you're trying to tell people about how you help, if you don't have this, like, like, how are you measuring that? what is success? And if you don't know how to define that, even in the health coaching space, you're like, unless it's lose 10 pounds, like if it's just be live a healthier lifestyle, you're like, when did we hit our goal with this? And if you don't have to define, it's going to be hard to have confidence in delivering a result of some sort. Uh, I love that.
1: Yes. That's such a good example. I work with so many coaches all over the industry. So health coaches, business coaches, life coaches, you name it. I've worked with them. And every coach has this problem. It's so interesting, even the ones, right? Cause I have lots of clients who are like, you should just pick something measurable, right? Like super measurable that has a number, like money, weight, right? Like something that has a number attached to it. And even those coaches sometimes get very confused about, you know, but they haven't lost weight yet. I don't think that's the only thing that's important, but I'm not really sure. And I don't know what to do, right? So it's really just like learning to explore those things with the client and asking them, well, what do you want, right? Like, what is your goal? Not the coach's goal, but the client's goal. What else do you want, right? Like, what else do you want that isn't lose five pounds?
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Now, I think it's easy once you've helped a ton of people and suddenly, you know, like like the momentum is already there. But for people that are still like building and getting started or they're, you know, they've been dipping their toe in and trying different things out, I'd actually like to hear a little bit of not your, like, yes, your advice, but more like your story of uh, when you were, finding your first customers and what that process was like uh, and some of the things that you encountered along the way.
1: So I, as I told you before we started here, I listened to a few of your episodes before we hopped on just, you know, to be sure I knew what I was getting myself into. And I resonated so much with what you said. And it was exactly how I built my business. I went out into the world and just told people I was a life coach. I like, truly just got comfortable saying the words, right. It's like the very first step for me was like I identifying as a life coach and just being able to tell people that that's what I did, not in a way that I was trying to sell them on, on like, you need to hire me. Right. But just really going out into the world and saying, it. I went to networking events just to practice, to practice saying I'm a life coach and here's how I help. And I would practice saying it in a hundred different ways. And I just would keep making connections. And, you know, I remember doing this exercise at one point when I made my first $100,000. I think I just hit $100,000 in in a, a calendar year, right? And I was so excited. And I did this exercise where I went back and thought about my first, I don't even remember how many, 10, 20 clients, something like that. And I wrote out like where I met them because at the time, I was really convinced that now that I was making a little bit of money, now all of a sudden, everything had to change. I needed the best website, the all the technical things that I didn't have. And my coach was like, hold on, just because you made money doesn't mean everything has to change, right? Let's, let's revisit. Where did you meet? Where have you met the people? And it turns out, right? It was like, where did I meet them? Taekwondo, my neighbor, my daughter's friend's mom. Right. Like my just in my life, people I met in my life, no one that I purposefully went somewhere to find a person who wanted to hire me, but just truly being me and being out in the world, living my life, just telling people this is what I do.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I wonder if, if you could even give us some examples of like, what were the, the actual, if you could remember maybe, you know, of like real places that you went, like you said, networking events, but like, what were these events? Like, what were some of them you had on your list? You're like, okay, I'm going to start being out there more. Uh, I'm going to join this club. I'm going to go to this group. You know, are we talking chamber of commerce? Are we talking like networking meetings? What are we talking about here?
1: So I, I made rules for myself because at first I just thought I'll, I'm willing to try anything, right? I'll just go to all of the places. And so I did, and it was a lot. And I don't want to say I went to too many, but it was just too many, right? Like I had little kids at the time. I, it was a lot. And so I started making rules like, okay, if I don't like something, I'm never going back. So, you know, I went to a, and this is not a knock on this at all. I know people who have so much success with it. But I, for example, I went to like a BNI, you know, that type of, networking that you pay for. I was like, that's not my thing. I don't like it. I don't like to have to bring like referrals to other people. Right. That just wasn't for me. You know, I went to some that would be really heavy on like a big room full of men all in the tech industry. And it was like, okay, this is not my, this is not my thing. Right. And so I just started crossing them off until I made rules that were like, okay, if there's wine, I'm definitely going. There's that. (laughs) Right. Like they were silly rules, but it was like,
0: these are the rules. See, Lindsay, come on, Lindsay. This is why we're having this conversation. No one talks about this. Everyone says, go to the local business groups, check out, you know, all those things. Boring. And I'll tell you, I I had registered for two different chambers of commerce when I had started. I didn't go to one meeting because I just, I was uncomfortable with the, the entire setup. And honestly, the local business owner isn't exactly who I wanted to be like attracting and doing businesses with. They're great, but like, I didn't need to be the, you know, the local flower shops ad guy. And, you know, but to your point, there are certain types of events. I'm like, nah, this isn't my people. So like, I I like that we have different rules here. And one of them is like, if it has wine, I'm in.
1: Yeah. If there's wine, I'm in. It's just a yes. And then if I don't like it, then I don't go back. But at least I had the glass of wine and that was great.
0: (laughs) How are you finding these things? Are you just like, you're looking up like, okay, what are my general areas of of interest? You know, like, how are you finding these, these types of things? Just Googling things?
1: Yeah, so I'm not doing it now because my business is in a place where I, I'm not. You know, I'm more like a, I, now I get asked to come to things and, and speak, right? But before I was uh, doing things more like, yeah, Googling, I would look up, I can't think of what some of the websites, oh, like Meetup. I think meetup.com is a website where that has just like a bunch of groups. And I didn't even look, this might be important to note, I didn't look specifically for, you know, entrepreneur groups or marketing groups or, you know, things like that, that where it was like, I was just going to meet other business people to talk about my business. I would look up things that I was actually interested in, right? Because it's like, those are the people, those are the connections I want to make. And at the time, those are the people who would have been my clients, right? Just like normal people, not necessarily entrepreneurs. And I also said yes, when my friends invited me to all the places, right? Like even places that maybe I wouldn't have said yes to before, like a network marketing meeting or a, you know, just, just things that I was like, yeah, that is their wine. I'll be there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. See, and I like this because tapping into those, like, how do I just make more friends? It's like, it's almost like that. Yes, man. Movie. You're like, I'm just going to say yes to all the things that like show up in front of me and then build kind of a, like, I think as you do it at first, you're like, well, I have all these things I don't like, but I think as you start to self, you like you learn and you self-select the things you're like, well, I'm enjoying all of these other things, you know, and even like moving to a new city is almost like a, a nice, uh, trial by fire. Cause if you just leave all your current comforts behind, like we just moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, I had to, I'm like, well, just naturally, I'm like. I'm joining the, the like daddy daughter, why guides thing, which is like almost like a cub scouts. And I'm going to the (laughs) the daughters on the swim team. I'm going to all the meets and I'm meeting all the parents of swimmers. And, you know, on top of like, I might join a co working space and see how that's going. Yeah. It's almost like you have to force yourself into being like, if I just had to, if I had no people around, I had to meet more people just trying the things I get that. And I love that. And that to me is that's actually reputation building. Yeah. It's networking. I get that but it's relationships. And to me, that's the part of branding that we don't get to talk about a lot is the relationship side. And I wanted to, to, I want to talk to you now, if we get into that, that little kind of branding stuff, how do you define that? Like, how would you define branding like in the coaching space? Like what's important for like successful like coaches?
1: So if you had asked me that yesterday, I would have said, Oh, I'm not really sure. maybe like the way you show up wherever you go, it would have been a very, I I don't know answer if you'd asked me on the spot. Right. But like I already kind of told you when, when I, when you reached out to me, my first thought about branding, which is so funny because that's not actually what I consider to be branding. But my first thought was like, oh, logos and colors and websites and all of that, you know, your Instagram grid or whatever. Right. And to me those are all the things that just aren't important about branding and the things that are especially when it comes to the online space really just showing people who you are right it's like me being willing to be on here and say like listen if there's wine I'm coming that's like branding right that's that's me saying like this is who I am some people are going to be like oh I don't I don't like that wine no good right but that's okay they don't have to work with me.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. No, I'm curious. When did you start to see, because branding is just reputation to me. To me, it's all the things you did along the way to build a reputation that helps you out, that like that shows people the thing that is your truth, right? When did you start to see your reputation? Maybe it surprised you. Like, get out ahead of you a little bit. It was like, oh, like, people knew you before you got there. Or, you know, like, that first time, like, I remember someone came up to me at a conference and was like, I listened to your show. I was like, oh, you're the one person. Like, yeah. I didn't I don't know who you are what's well, nice to meet you thank you for listening when did you notice your reputation maybe getting ahead of you
1: so the only very specific and maybe it's because it just happened but last week I actually spoke at a conference or, and led workshops um, at a conference for coaches it was so interesting I've never had this experience before and it could be because pandemic and I haven't been the last couple of years right I haven't been around as ma- as many people as I was in the past, like in person. But I walked into a room and I was, I turned around and I was having a conversation with someone and someone walked up to me and said, oh, I recognize your voice from across the room. I'm obsessed with your podcast. And it really hit me in a way that it never has before of like, whoa, right? Like just hearing my voice, she recognized me. It was a little weird for a minute. But it was very, it was like, okay, this, I think it's working, <laughs> which I have lots of proof it's working, but I think exactly how you just said it, where it's like, you're, you have to catch up sometimes, right? Like your brain isn't all the way there. You can't really understand the impact you're having always in the moment. And it's little things like that, that really just it's like a little nudge of like, you're doing it. Just keep going.
0: Yeah. And I've listened to your show. I, it's funny is I, I think like a lot of people, you could kind of go down rabbit holes, right? And that's how the audiences are. They don't necessarily follow this track that we design as marketers, right? The customer journey. Uh, um, and I found you like through like the six degrees of other podcasts uh, where it was like, someone was a guest on their show. And then you were a guest on that person's show. And it kind of went down the road. Uh, and I just kept getting more and more curious. And I liked, you know, I'm like, I listened to your shows. I'm like, these are skills I could use. This is amazing. I've, I've taken some of that. I'm like, oh, she has like your first, I always go back to first few episodes. Cause I'm curious as to I think when people are starting, like sometimes their most interesting knowledge comes right out at the beginning because you're like, you're so raw and you're like not saving anything. You're just putting it all out there. You have this amazing episode about explaining your coaching method, which I sent to like three people. I was like, this is what I've been trying to explain to people. They need to figure out how to do. And she explains it better than I do.
1: I love that. But
0: what I wanted to ask is why did you start a podcast? Like what, how did this even come to your brain? Cause these are decisions that I'm sure a lot of coaches come across and they're like, well, do I work on my web page?" Do I do an Instagram feed makeover? You know, do I start a podcast? Like, how did that come to be?
1: Yeah. So I think it's very similar to my answer to some of the other questions, which is really leaning into the thing that I love. Right. So I love listening to podcasts. And, you know, when my clients ask me, should I have a podcast? I mean, I don't, I've never listened to podcasts, but like, what do you think? I'm like, no. Right, like I mean, maybe, but go listen to the podcast first and decide really what you like. I love podcasts. I would rather do that. Like, if you go to my Instagram, you're not going to see reels of me doing crazy dances or you know anything like that because that's just not me. I'm not saying I'll never do one, but that is not my preferred method of of putting myself self out there of marketing and. When I thought about doing a podcast and really just being able to share knowledge and share, you know, kind of make an impact on an industry that I love in a way that's like, here is just free stuff. Like, please take it, please use it. If I can affect the industry just in the teensiest way, that felt so powerful for me. And it just like, that was the method that I thought this is the way I want to do it.
0: Are you happy you did it?
1: Oh, my podcast is my favorite thing. And it is, I mean, if you go to my Instagram, I have maybe, I don't even know the number, but like less than 5,000 followers. So I do not have many followers, but I've had my podcast for about a year and have about 150,000 downloads, right? So it's like, it's working. That's that because of my passion about it. I think people can hear that and feel it in the episodes. And that's, it's pretty much at this point where all of my, Where most of my clients come from.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I think podcasts are what I, what I stumbled across was not just the attention part of it. Uh, there was just all these extra benefits that came like a, I was able to get my voice out. Like I, all these ideas in my head, I had a place to put them, uh, that I could refer back to. Mm -hmm. And then I started interviewing people and suddenly these relationships were forming. I'm like, well, that that's awesome. Like I get to know these people in a different way than I ever thought. Yes. Uh, that's amazing, and so these these extra things just kept adding. I was like podcasts are great; everyone should have a podcast, especially if you're in the coaching space. If nothing else, than to just have it as a a tool sharpener and a network builder, if nothing else, because I can go up to any author and speaker now and say, "Hey, I have a show. I'd love to talk to you about your coaching business or whatever else." And I'm not some weird fanboy that's just like, "I love your stuff," you know. <laughs> so I think that there's some advantages there for sure. I'm glad that uh, I found you because of this. I never would have stumbled across you had you not had a podcast. Like I'm just not in that world.
1: And the only thing I would say that might be a little different than your opinion, I'm not sure, but, you know, cause I've so, I work with so many coaches and because my podcast is very successful, they see that and think, oh, then I need a podcast, right? Everybody has to have a podcast, but I, I'm like, listen, but everybody kind of has a podcast. So you have to know, in in my opinion, you want to know, like you don't, it's hard to build a podcast on, I'm just a life coach and I'm going to tell you that your your thoughts like influence the results you get in your life because there are 5,000, maybe more people doing that. And you just want to know, like, what's the differentiator, right? Like, I'm so glad that I waited and didn't just come out of the gate with a podcast because it would have been a lot of pain (laughs) and banging my head against the wall trying to figure out what to talk about.
0: Yeah. Build your business first. Absolutely. And I I think that's a good point because podcasting surprises a lot of people because they'll do it. It's a lot of work. Um, it's more than you'd imagine. A lot of work. Uh, there's some cost to it, and then you have like 30 people listening, and you're like, "What happened?" Lindsay said she's got a you know couple hundred thousand. What? What? Why didn't that just happen for me? Uh, and, you know, it's like a build that they will come. And I think it's it's more like you still have to like you built you, you wrote a book, but you have to still find a way to put it on bookshelves and get people to go buy it. You still have to pr- do the promotion and the marketing, and the, all that audience building yeah. stuff. It helps if you already have a good reputation in your industry and you can bring that with you. Absolutely. yeah. But yeah, it's not the easiest thing, but what I love, and the reason I say it's for any, like, I think it's for everybody is because it's the most natural, I think, way that people can create content and put their thoughts out there. Cause not everyone is like the fastest writer in the world and not everyone is great on camera, but most of us can talk uh, and share our thoughts without the pressure of cameras and whatnot. Uh, and if nothing else, if you just do that, hit record and then take that and do something else with it, put your thoughts out there. You can convert a podcast into a book. You can convert it into a course. You can put it into so like all my social media and blogs all start from this content that we're doing right now. So if, the, if it's a, nothing else, it can be an engine, which I, I love, but it is not easy like anything else.
1: Of course. And I think even if you do just start one right out of the gate, right? Like, don't listen to me and be like, oh no, I did it wrong. I just started the podcast and now I don't know what I'm doing and nobody's listening it's still such a great tool to develop your voice to, you know, forcing yourself to create that content. Nothing. I listened to one of your episodes about something about like, but you have to take the action. I resonated so much with that because I tend to overanalyze things and overthink things. And so you said something like you, but you have to just like take the action and then like, be willing to feel whatever comes up. I forget.
0: Yeah. I think it was act and then feel, and then think uh, as opposed to the opposite.
1: And I love that because for someone like me. Sometimes that's really good. It's like just force myself to do the thing and then and then see what happens, right? And then evaluate and maybe do it again. But for someone who's like that, starting a podcast, but just not, maybe not even um, counting on it. Like my, when I first started, I had two, there were two things. One, I didn't want to do the tech. So I wanted to be making enough money that I could hire a producer, period. Did not want to do it by myself. But that certainly doesn't have to be done. And then the second thing was, I was, oh, I was willing to do it for a year with no results, right? I just went into it like, I might have my, I know my mom's going to listen and probably my grandma. I have like clients that love me. So a handful of them. So like, let's say worst case, 25 listeners for a year. Okay, I'll do it. Right. It was like, I got to that place where I was like, I'm willing to do this just because I'm going to love it, even though it's going to be hard for a whole year before expecting any results from it. And I just got results a lot faster.
0: Yeah. I mean, and if you think about it, like outsourcing the editing, absolutely. I think everyone should don't do it yourself. Cause that's like hours worth of work that you don't have time for, but I bet you, so cause it's, you can outsource it for like 25 bucks an episode, uh, roundabout. Yeah. And imagine if you're doing one every week, that's like four a month. If you can't make a hundred dollars a month in your business then you shouldn't start a podcast, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yes. that's that time is better spent on something else. Yes. I think that that's the right way to think about it. Absolutely. And I like the commitment part of it because most episodes, most podcasts go eight episodes and then just, they stop. Uh, So if you don't have that commitment, then it's not going to work for you. Uh, As we're kind of rounding out the show here, I do want to get into a little bit of, as you've been, you're growing, you're, you know, you're in your business now, you're, you're helping people out. What are some kind of core lessons that we can give our audience here that, you know, the people who are maybe starting or they're just past starting and they're thinking, you know, I want to build my coaching business. What are some core lessons? It can be marketing, it can be anything, but core lessons that that they can implement right now to help them move along the way towards success.
1: So one thing I would say, of course, I'm going to say this because it's what I do, but I think a lot of coaches get lost. I just see this happen where a lot of coaches get lost in the business aspect of it. And the like, how do i market how do i and of course you have to do these things right because people need to know what you're what you're about but thinking that there's a right way and like i need to learn the right way to market myself the right way to build a website that you're totally going to want to redo in like a year anyway the right way to you know all like the all of the business pieces and what i teach is like but don't forget to also be a really good coach because that helps with all of it right like, like if you know my clients get results. I am really good at what I do. It's going to affect everything. It affects your marketing. It affects the way you talk about what you do when you go to the networking events or the you know, uh, parties at your friend's house or wherever you're going. right? And so that's probably the, the top thing that I would say. But then also probably on the other side of that is don't let yourself get lost in that. So if you are a person who loves to learn and really is like, loves to be a good student, which I can identify with, you have to be careful to not, okay, I need one, I need to get the certification and then I need to do this other certification. And then I need to do, now I'm going to do Lindsay's thing, right? And it's like, keep doing the thing to make sure I'm a good coach before I even coach anyone kind of have to learn to do them both at the same time. And, you know, maybe. Go back and forth on which one you're focusing on more in the moment, but really learning to combine them because if you don't have any clients, you can't practice all the things that you're learning.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely inside and outside, right? It's like understanding what you need to be better, what you do, and to be clear on how you, on how you serve people and then going to see those people. If you're afraid of one of those things that those are the things to work on. Absolutely. Because if people can't find you, if you build the billboard in the desert, then no one's going to see it. Absolutely. Yep. But I I just really appreciate hearing from you today, and here going through like how this has actually been working for a real coach out there with the real business, not someone pretending uh, who's been successful and who didn't necessarily like. Let me ask you: Did you have a logo when you started? uh, That was amazing. No. (laughs) Did you have uh, a kick-ass website?
1: No, I actually learned to code and built my own website after (laughs) I made the first hundred thousand because I really thought I needed it. It took me so many hours, like pain, tears, literal tears. I never used that website. Not once.
0: Right. And I'm guessing you also didn't have a click funnel system set up that oh, no. totally maximize. I still don't. Setups. There you go. <laughs> and then on top of all that, uh, what were you running tons of Facebook ads to drive traffic and get discovered?
1: I have never run a Facebook ad. I just am about to hire someone, but I've, I've made almost going to make close to a million dollars this year. No Facebook ads. And not that that's bad. I have some clients who do really well with Facebook ads who they have a very specific niche and go like want to do them from the beginning. But that is a tough game, especially if you don't know exactly what you do and have a very specific person you're talking to.
0: Yeah. And and guess what? You still have a brand. Like you still have a brand and your website is your name plus coaching, lindsay.sloffcoaching.com. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something crazy or creative your podcast, Mastering Coaching Skills. I recommend it. I am a listener myself. Check that out. Uh, And where can they find you on the social medias?
1: So I'm not sure if you've noticed, but I just keep everything really simple. So everything is just my name. So on Instagram, it's just at lindsay.sloth and Facebook, same, just my name.
0: We'll have it all linked up for you guys. And if you at least get a chance to check out the podcast, Mastering Coaching Skills, type that in. She pops right up worth listening to and getting more familiar with how she teaches and what she's all about. And anything else you're excited about that's coming up?
1: I, well, I don't know when this is coming out, but I I'm launching the next round of my mastermind right now. Um, And then I'm also working on a program that I'm launching next year, which will be a, a, like a lower priced offer for newer coaches, uh, to really help them deal with all the things that come up in the crazy things our clients do in coaching sessions that we don't know how to handle. And that's about it.
0: All right, And we're recording this. It's November 11th right now of 2021. So if, you're, if it's 2022 and you find this episode, uh, check it out. That's right. I appreciate you coming on today. And I hope you guys found value in all of Lindsay's tips. Lindsay, thank you again. And everyone else out there, we'll catch you next time. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this
1: episode of Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to help you build a brand that matters. Head over to BrandsOnBrands.com for resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit BrandsOnBrands.com.